0: And welcome to the Moonshine Jesus Show. If you're joining us live, you are one of the lucky ones. We are airing very early on this Halloween day, uh, frankly, to fit my schedule so I can do some Halloweeny spooky stuff later in the day. Uh, but we are glad that you have joined us here. A reminder that we're brought to you by ProgressiveChristianity.org. Uh, we hope you'll go check them out, and don't forget to check us out on Facebook, where you can follow us, get all the previous shows, learn more about us there. And speaking of us, I want to mention the other part of us, other than me. That would be my buddy, Caleb. What's going on, Caleb? How are know. you? I've heard of him. Yeah, I'm doing great. Yeah. Great. Happy Halloween, yeah. Mark. <laughs> Happy Halloween, man. That's uh, We're doing something as close as, as we could figure out quickly uh, last show, something a little spooky. We're doing... Uh, Last Night in Soho, which is kind of a psychological thriller with ghosts and all kinds of interesting things that we're going to get to all of that. But I am curious. So you were gracious and and let us do this show early. But one of our themes is always to have a drink. And so I'm curious on a lot of levels. It's early for you. Uh, It's also like Last Night in Soho. So it's hard to find a theme drink there. Uh, but it's Halloween, too. So I'm curious to see what direction you went in.
1: Yeah, there were some interesting possibilities. But it is uh, 945 <laughs> here in
0: San Diego. So uh, I'm not
1: I'm not drinking any alcohol. I've got a mocktail this morning. And nice. it's called... Uh, so I went with a Halloween uh, drink, nice. themed drink. Yep. Uh, but the, the color of this drink mm. made me think of like a neon glow like Soho kind of, and like the poster. That's so it's called a little it's a little monster is the name of it, but it's got this purple-ish red kind of glow and it made me think of the the poster there. So it's uh four I ounces like that. of club soda, an ounce of yeah. rosemary simple syrup, uh and uh a little bit of lime juice and some food coloring to give it
0: that Glow. To give that nice glow. Yes. I like the direction you went in. Uh it might it might just be that you and I have been doing too many shows together here <laughs> because I also, theme, okay. yeah. I also went with a Halloween theme. Okay. I also went with uh, a a drink that if properly made, and I'm not sure I properly made it, has a glow to it like the neon. Okay. And it's yes. called and and uh it's, so it's Halloween theme, and it's uh-huh. uh since since I'm in the afternoon. I picked yes. a drink called Death in the afternoon, uh, mm. and it is it is a one part absinthe. It's supposed to be a little uh-huh. greener glow than you can see there. It is one part part absinthe, four parts champagne, and a little simple sugar uh, to go with it. So, cheers! And here's that to a great show, sir. Yeah.
1: Cheers. Woo!
0: I just got. Oh, it, there's a lot going on there. All right. Uh, we'll get you on the to other... it. There's quite a kick. <laughs> well, we'll get you on the other side of the. Oh, Jesus.
1: To the Moonshine Jesus show, where today we are talking about Last Night in Soho. This is a show that contains spoilers. So if you haven't seen Last Night in Soho, you're going to find out an awful lot about it as you listen to the Moonshine (laughs) Jesus show today. But that's okay because Last Night in Soho is a show about an aspiring fashion designer who is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s where she encounters a dazzling wannabe singer. But the glamour is not all it appears to be. And the dreams of the past start to crack and splinter into something darker. Now, we picked this one because it's Halloween and it's a psychological thriller. And we wanted something that's a little bit creepy. It's a little bit outside of what we often talk about here, which is sci-fi fantasy kind of stuff. And I don't think Mark and I, either one, are for uh, horror movies too much. Mm -hmm. We're not big into that, are we, Mark?
0: No, I definitely am not
1: you're not yeah how no. do you like psychological thrillers though what do you think about i i
0: do thrillers? i do tend to like psychological thrillers and when it comes to horror movies there's arguments of whether psychological thrillers should fit in it i think you, they should only because that lets me be able to say i like some horror movies. <laughs> there, there are some that are okay as as long yeah, as you're, but I, you know but i tend to like a well-done like hitchcock mm-hmm. psychological yeah. thriller which i feel like a lot of this ended up feeling like it had a little of that hitchcock feel of how it was yeah. uh how, how they use the psychology and 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 the way yeah. they presented the story i mean uh how how about you are you in the psychological yeah, I th- like, thrillers
1: I'll, i do like psychological thrillers again yeah. if they're good and uh <laughs> if they're um, if they're if they're kind of fun then yeah, yeah it's uh it, it can be kind of exciting to watch those and so i i do enjoy one but here's Here's my bigger question: Did you like mm. this particular one, do right. You think about last, last night in Soho.
0: I, I I ended up with very mixed take on it. Parts of it are, were absolutely amazing, particularly the filming of it and the editing yes. of it and the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, I can think of this yep. one shot where the main characters I'm going to say are dancing, and uh, you you've got. Uh, Matt Smith's character Jack is dancing Mm -hmm. with Sandy who's the 1960s person that that, uh, Eloise ends up going back to and visiting and seeing Mm -hmm. and Eloise and Sandy are are switching in and out almost seamlessly dancing Mm -hmm. with Jack and there's no camera cut matter of fact I think there was only one camera trick in terms of there was a moment where they kind of morphed while they were dancing Alice Mm -hmm. like he, he was in between them and the 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 lens but they had these beautiful seamless where he would he would dip them out of out of camera and when they came back it was the other person and it was the same right. so there was there's parts of it i thought were incredibly well done just from a filmmaking point of view is beautiful beautifully shot it was strange this was definitely a slow burn right mm-hmm. it was like like the first 30 minutes or so you're kind of going oh well not not only am I not sure where this is going, but there's not much story being set up here. At least it didn't feel like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
1: th- I think that's right, and I, I agree about the I like the the camera and uh, the the camera angles, cinematography, and the 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 grittiness of Soho in the in the '60s mm, and even today yeah. that it captures. I think was was fun, but yeah, you're right. It's it it's kind of it is kind of a slow burn. And then once it starts burning, there's uh, some inconsistency that makes it a a little difficult. Um, For instance, uh, I'm not quite sure what the rules are of Eloise and and her relationship with with dead folks or the past. (laughs) Uh, uh, Because, right, like at first it seems like... It's going to be a, a sixth sense kind of thing. Like she can see dead people in in right. mirrors or something. Right. She sees, then she sees sudden, her mom. We get we get she, that she real early on. on, right? Yeah, yeah. She who sees had, her mom in a who mirror. Who committed
0: suicide? Yeah,
1: and who doesn't seem to talk? Right, is mm. just there in the mirror. She stands and
0: stares at her.
1: <laughs> right, then that, that, that's pretty much it. And then and then all of a sudden she starts having these flashbacks when she's sleeping. That seems like it's a real person uh i i don't know am i am yeah. i am i too critical of this mark or no does it, no does
0: i it... i i think i think I, I know exactly what you're saying i i feel like they kind of hmm, they gave you the possibility of explaining it but they waited until the very end to do it we find out uh you know like again spoilers all over the place here we find out that the lady that she's renting a room from is sandy who she kept seeing in these 1960s flashbacks and not only is she sandy but this is this is very much a show about misogyny and we learned that sandy had enough of it and started killing off these guys that she was being forced into uh really prostitution with um and she is killing them and putting them in the walls of the house yes uh and for me, that's kind of your explanation, is that Eloise seems to be somehow psychically connected with the dead. Mm-hmm. And in the place that she is staying, she is literally surrounded by the energy of the dead. And so it yeah. seems to me at her house, her mom was kind of absent and not there a lot. And and probably the body was buried in a cemetery. Um so she has these these kind of removed quiet uh, not interactive visions of mom but then when she gets into this upstairs bedroom she starts having these massive like very realistic so realistic that um she has physical she comes back sometimes with a a physical reality from those visions uh, like when yeah. uh, jack the hickey uh, were, yeah. yeah the hickey so I, to me, I, I kind of feel like that—that that was trying to be implied, but it was—it was—it was too much. Be there was too much of it being implied rather than giving us some real hints if that is, that thats is that—that's what they were trying to 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 reveal to us. I don't know. Well, I, thanks, I, thank thank you for explaining that to me,
1: Mark. I, I, I know still that's have questions. <laughs> so yeah. I still have questions. I need more yeah. explanation here. And it's uh, okay. So. Um, I, I I get that. I, I think that's right. Uh except that uh it, it whenever she breaks the mirror in the because right. uh the, in the in the dream world, uh the world <laughs> of the dead, the 1960s, it seems like that then shatters this uh veil between her life and the life she's encountering in the mm-hmm. dreams. Uh she begins to see people as she's awake in the waking hours. Uh but then there's also this moment where uh the older sandy is chasing eloise at the end of the movie and jack's like ghost is there and slaps sandy and she seems to uh feel that how is it that Sandy is a, a who's not psychically connected to the dead, right. who's lived there for years and years. How is it that all of a sudden this ghost is able to physically assault Sandy? Uh, yeah, I, do you have a, an explanation? I don't. Is it, I don't have an her explanation. Psychic are, her psychic connections are so strong. Connection is so strong it manifests.
0: Jack or, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I was thinking kind of as it was going on, that this was a, just another psychic vision where she, yeah. uh, after she broke that glass started, uh, and had been, uh, yeah. after she broke that glass and then was drugged by, in some way by Sandy. And we don't really yeah. know what the drug was. It was to knock her out right. or to have psychological. I was, to me, it was her, her real life and the, the psychic vision life kind of uh, falling in together uh, as as she started putting everything together and realizing why she was having all these strong visions. Now, as to why what so as to why Jack was able to actually slap the older Sandy, I don't, I don't know. And and I would go, maybe that's bad filmmaking. Maybe it's once again, some hidden meaning that that, that they weren't revealing in any way that was helpful. I don't know. I don't know.
1: It, it, it was, was kind of hmm. it, it, it was interesting. But it was fun to watch. And I think there there was a, a there were a lot of things that uh, that you know, were uh, represented here that i I think that uh, if, even before we get to the the theopolitical stuff, I think yeah. there were some there were some good things that that we learned from this. For instance, she's seeing this why is she's seeing this person that initially uh, Eloise is, and she she initially really is kind of enamored with this life she's enamored with the 1960s and yeah. she all of a sudden in her dreams is getting to live vicariously through this this blonde woman with a lot of confidence and a lot of style and she's mm-hmm. really excited about it and uh her life kind of seems perfect to Eloise. Yeah. Uh but the life isn't perfect and uh to to me that that said a lot about how it is that we view other people and how we view their lives and you know with uh social media in particular i think we can see people's lives and we can see people present the photoshop versions of their lives where (laughs) everything seems absolutely perfect and that's often not true uh (laughs) did you did you see that theme or or some yeah i I definitely
0: No, that theme in particular i thought stood out really loudly because they work really hard at setting up how much eloise was kind of enamored with the 60s and and how perfect the 60s were in her mind uh and and i do think that's one of the parts of this storytelling is to try to break down that that mythology that we all do tend to carry around when we begin to idealize things without actually experience in them in their fullness. And so we do, we see her be at first being when she's psychologically transported, however that really is, um, into the 60s, she's very excited and just kind of bright eyed and like, wow. And then we see it start to unravel piece by piece. And uh, in particular, and this is something I know we're going to spend probably a lot of the theopolitical section on, she starts seeing that that this ideal idealized version is so off because of the rampant misogyny um yeah. and and uh, how it gets it traps people and, and and literally takes their lives away um so i thought i thought that part was particularly fascinating and i i really loved that theme.
1: yeah i i, I did too and i i i did think that it was uh you know it was an interesting plot twist to see that she was mm-hmm. there with, uh, with Sandy. I didn't necessarily see that coming until later on in the film. Uh, and I, I also didn't see the other twist necessarily that the uh, guy who was following Eloise, i thought it was uh an older version of jack i mean they set that right. up pretty hard for they us did, to yeah. think that they, they, <laughs> but, they definitely uh, wanted you to <laughs> they definitely did i mean cutting from an image of jack to the old guy i mean it. Right. uh they set it up in that way but uh but i didn't see him being the vice cop and i i thought that was an interesting piece of filmmaking and it it did uh, I think make us question a lot of assumptions of, that we hold mm-hmm. about people. and I, I thought that part of this movie was uh, particularly strong. Uh, but yeah. uh, but agree. there there were there were some issues, but over, all in all, I kind of liked it. what What's your assessment I, all I in agree.
0: All? I, I liked it. Um, I didn't love it. I liked it, but I will say this, um, the way it ended, particularly mm-hmm. with the reveal of older Sandy, I very yeah. much am probably going to go back and rewatch this show knowing that. Uh, yeah. I think it would be fascinating to to watch how that plays out with, with that reveal now, knowing that the young Sandy and the older woman that she's renting from are the same person. Um, it's yeah. really fascinating. Um, and and they, there's lots of things buried in here. For instance, yeah. remember when she was in the library Uh, researching to trying to find about a woman who might've been killed. All the pages that she kept landing on weren't about a woman killed. They were about men, men being killed and, and not bodies being lost and then not being able to figure out where they are. So there were all these, I noticed that I have to wonder there are might be other little kind of slow reveals that if you're paying enough attention yeah. and now know the backstory, that you would see what, what how they were kind of letting you know ahead of time without actually saying anything. I, I don't know. It, it'd be interesting to see for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I think definitely. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff in here that we've already hinted to that I, I think is theological and political. And yeah. let's, let's spend a little bit more time talking about that. What do you say? Let's uh, take a break and come back.
0: Welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show. You're joining us for our Theopolitical segment of the show. Uh, so, Caleb, yep. one of the things one of the, that we do start figuring out after, after the slow burn and we get into the kind of darker side of the story, we see very quickly uh, that Jack is basically manipulating women by playing on their dreams and their desperation. And, and we realize quickly how deplorable he is. And mm-hmm. um, it... I couldn't help but think of of all the men that we see do that, yeah. but maybe particularly because of the time we're in right now, how that plays out politically in the United States. Hmm. I'm curious did, do you see any of any of that theme uh, being reflected in the current realities, particularly uh, in, in, our, in the political world as we see elections coming up and all that kind of stuff. Was there anything that that kind of spoke up for you there?
1: Yeah so I, I i think that this is probably the strongest uh the strongest point of the film is the the misogyny and the the oh. manipulation that we see here and so i i I, I mean, I think uh, before before I say anything about the political thing, I think we've certainly seen this in the entertainment industry a lot. Right. And I mean, this is, of course made all kinds of moves that, uh, all kinds of uh, news that sparked the Me Too movement and all of us. Uh, and so I think the fact that she's kind of in the entertainment uh, industry in the 1960s and Last Night in Soho yeah. uh, speaks to the way that that whole system works but Absolutely. i think yeah we've also also seen a lot of more like public mis- misogyny in uh in politics as well i think especially uh when trump came into politics and made it okay yeah. for for people to say openly that uh, yeah. that they they don't think women can handle responsibility whenever you know uh trump was Campaigning against uh, Hillary Clinton and didn't have any mm-hmm. problems, you know, using her right. her gender as a, a, a weapon. A weapon, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think yeah. was uh, was something that that really gave people a lot of permission. So I think we're seeing a lot more people being publicly misogynistic uh, now mm-hmm. than we have in decades, uh, and it's it's still there, even though Trump isn't president anymore. Are you seeing it? As well, well, absolutely. As I,
0: yeah. I, oh, absolutely. And, and one of the things that I couldn't stop making a connection between is Roe versus Wade, frankly, because yeah. what you got with Jack is a guy that's manipulating women, essentially, mm-hmm. so that he can control them control their bodies mm-hmm. and what they do with their bodies by basically, um, forcing them into like, if you want to be on stage, you're going to have to be with this guy. and You're going to have to go with this other guy, and that. And I just, it kept, I kept thinking about how mm-hmm. much uh, the, particularly the Republican Party, has doubled down on the, the old white men's need to control women's body and be in charge of it. For me, it was yeah. glaring. It was absolutely glaring. And I mean, Jack could not be a more despicable character. <laughs> You yeah. know, he, is, he, he literally makes you st- sick to your stomach when you start seeing what right. he's doing and how it's getting played out. And it just, it boggles my mind that we've got an entire political party who's doing this, and people aren't, well, Hillary said they're de- deplorable. She was right. Uh, you know, but, but we don't see a lot of people calling them out and saying, this makes me sick to my stomach. Why do you think that you have any right to control a woman's body uh, and, and be in charge and, and use it in whatever way you think should should be done. I mean, it, is that stretching yeah. it too much? I mean, that's what. No, I think-, I think you're.
1: I I think you're right. The other interesting thing I think about uh, the the whole Roe v. Wade thing is that uh, that I don't think a lot of Republicans actually even care. About abortion. Yeah. Uh, when we're talking about people yeah. in Republican leadership, I think they see that as a tool to manipulate people into voting against mm. themselves because they've created this uh, this over the past several decades. This uh, is the single issue voting platform where they get people primarily like conservative Christians to misinterpret scripture so that they think that they're morally obligated to vote uh, for a candidate who is against abortion even though they uh they may have values that are against life in every other possible conceivable way, right? right? They, yeah. They're, they're going to be against uh, they're going to be against foreigners, which the Bible is, uh, you know, very clear on welcoming. <laughs> <this> <laughs> right. Owner. They're going to be uh, against actually taking care of that baby once it is born, uh, because they want to mm-hmm. cut the social programs. They're going to be the yep. first to call those uh, those mothers who they force to have babies. Uh, You know, uh, people who are welfare queens and then uh, cutting welfare (laughs) as they're doing it. (laughs) Right. It's it's all kinds of manipulation. But uh, but I think that they they use this uh, this this issue to uh, to to really marginalize and uh, uh, people further and to exploit women.
0: Uh, yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, and, I, and that's I, the part, I, I think you're completely right. And that's the part that really just confuses me because when we put it into one person in this show, sure. Jack, yeah. uh, who, who manipulates people to do things that aren't really for, good for them and goes against anything they might have done in before that, he uses their dreams, their high expectations, yeah. their high desires, their, you know, and their desperation against sure. them. And, and yeah. we do, I, I, I have this visceral kind of reaction of how deplorable and what a terror. But somehow, when we port that to, uh, you know, the the whole political party, it it. I don't see a lot of people who are saying this just makes like mm-hmm. that is so deplorable. It's just like, well, they yeah. really shouldn't be doing that. We need to work hard to make sure that you know, blah blah blah. That's I true. mean, why isn't it more of a visceral kind of? This is like. Uh, this shouldn't be happening and it's it's the worst uh, i i i yeah, get lost i mean for that's words one of the things that upsets me that much
1: <laughs> i know i so this is one of the things i think it's is uh is wrong with the modern democratic party in particular is yeah. like the the republicans are are fine with 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 using every ounce of energy they have to defeat democrats yeah. i think democrats uh have not found that visceral reaction, uh, right. even other than maybe against Donald Trump. Uh, but to but agree, in yeah. ter- but there are people in power who are just as bad as Donald, right? Trump, uh, oh yeah, or or, or and smarter, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, which makes I, him a
0: little more dangerous, right?
1: <laughs> which makes him a little more dangerous, and so I I think that uh, that I think that liberals have to stop fighting amongst ourselves and really have to organize uh, to to fight against this, uh, you know, a party that is really anti-intellectual, that is, yep. uh, that is really anti-marginalized uh, folks, and is really just pro-white uh, people, money, and power. And so, I mean, that ought to be enough to make us mad.
0: Mark, uh, oh, we, it, we ought it, to it really have a visceral
1: reaction and, yeah. and be able to fight against them, organize against them.
0: Yeah, I agree. It really should. I just, I, I'm, a, I am at a loss that I don't see it happening more in terms of more people yeah. being at so, so just ridiculously upset over what they're doing and how they're doing it, and particularly the way that they are treating folks who aren't white men. Um, that that we don't see a lot more energy from that being disgusted by it out there right now uh getting people to vote and, and making sure that that is not the way that this nation ends up getting ruled because we could quickly go down a path where it, we we do end up not just in the 1960s but the 1950s and the 1940s and the 1930s it could get really yeah. bad um and, and we don't want to and that is one of the things that the 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 grand old party actually does is they ideal lot idealize the way things used to be when the reality is those things weren't great. Uh, there was yeah. some pretty horrible times. So, um,
1: and, and that there's me, a couple of times. Yeah. Mark to me that that's one of the points of this movie too, is right. that nostalgia is just seeing the past through rose colored lenses, right? It, yep. you know, because, because Ellie in the movie she idealizes the 60s she was never even there and she she idealizes what this time was like there's there that moment where she's talking to old sandy and she says if i could live anywhere at any time it would be in london in the 1960s right but but then she gets to experience london in the 1960s as a, a seedy dirty place where uh, where Sandy is taken advantage of and yeah. where there's this rampant misogyny. And mm-hmm. uh, I think this really speaks to the danger of, you know, the, this past that we create. And there's the, the, one of the things I really appreciate about Buddhism is this I, this notion that the past doesn't really even exist. You know, that right. it's it's this created image in our mind and it's skewed by every single person. And the future... Yeah isn't here yet the only moment we've got is this one and yeah. i i think there's some real power in not getting too stuck in the past but but recognizing that <laughs> we've we've got to be here and in, right. in this oh absolutely
0: moment. and 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 that's a a that, that nostalgic kind of desire that we tend to have is another thing that the that the Republican party are taking advantage of and playing off of. And this, I love that this show it does try to show us in real terms that n- this that nostalgic look that we thinking the way we think nostalgically of the past is frequently very wrong. And, mm-hmm. and, and I wish we could figure out how to counter that message for them. Listen, before we just keep going down this rabbit hole, I want to back up yeah. a little bit. One of the things that is also a, a quiet theme in this movie is uh mental health, her, her mother, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. was uh, ha- had mental health issues, and they contribute her committing suicide to some of those mental health issues. Uh, Ellie is definitely struggling. She talks about how she's been in a prison all of her life. Um, I'm I'm I'm, I'm interested I, to see if you think something I saw might have been intentional or if just me reading into things that aren't really there. I thought it was very interesting. The only time that we at least until the very end where, as you pointed out, there was lots going on and there was like, he reaches out and slaps her and there was this physical exchange. We do see Ellie with coming back after one of her first visits with a hickey on her neck. And and I was already thinking that this was kind of an internal thing that was happening in her head in terms of her visiting the past. Um, I, I was, for me, that was like this brilliant kind of, um, way of showing that our, how our insides, our internal worlds impact our external beings as well, Mm -hmm. and how we don't always take that seriously enough. Do you think I was over reading that as a metaphor or? Uh, Maybe,
1: but I like it. I I mean, I think that that makes it, uh, I think that makes the point stronger because I think they were trying to talk about mental illness, but, but I'm not, sure we got anywhere uh real concrete on it other than her 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 mom died and then whenever she's trying to talk about it with uh her classmates there's a lot of kind of exploitation and making fun of her for that and 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 i think that they they talk about the mental mental health uh in that way kind of a commentary on that in that way so i i like your explanation i think better than the, than the mental health that we get in the movie. And I, yeah. I, I think that's a stronger point than, than maybe the movie actually makes <laughs> So right. I th- they should yeah. hire you, Mark, to say, this is, this is, uh, this is making a commentary on right? the way our inner lives affect us. I do think
0: I'm, I'm kind of with you. I do think that they yeah. lost, lost a lot of opportunities to address, uh, not just, um, any kind of mental uh, issues, but also just how our internal lives do impact our outward life a lot more than we tend to think about. There was uh, so many opportunities for them to to do a, a better job talking about that. Uh, but um, maybe, maybe that the hickey can just be our, we'll just take that with us and redeem it as little bit as we can. <laughs>
1: Because that's something. Because I I, I like that. Because that's one of the old moments too where the movie kind of fell apart for me. Right. Because yeah. Uh, because is she observing Sandy? She seems to be at first just looking in the right. mirror. Or is she Sandy? And she's she just right, for a while there,
0: standing, you really couldn't. Know? Yeah. It, it's you it, really it was, couldn't. It, tell. it was. So the, I the like it, Mark. Sort of I think you have made well.
1: sense of this for me.
0: <laughs> I've certainly not made complete sense of it but maybe maybe we made a little advancement listen we can keep talking about this but we are running short on time and we've got to get to our next segment so we're gonna take a quick Mm -hmm. drop and come back on the other side and see if we can make our co-host look stupid yeah
1: and welcome to our final segment of the moonshine jesus show the make me look stupid segment it is uh last but it is worth the wait because it is Indeed. such a fun segment and uh <laughs> i am not going to be benevolent to you mark i'm going to ask my okay. question right away largely because i uh, you you've helped me make sense of this movie and i've, I've got something that i need uh
0: oh do. i don't so, know if i can help we'll see. <laughs>
1: So, I'm still a little confused about Eloise's uh, relation to Sandy. And, uh, you know, she has a strong connection with Sandy, I guess, because she's living in her house. And there's all these dead folks who are around her. So, uh, at the end, Sandy has died in the fire in, in her house. And Eloise continues on with her life and finds success it seems in fashion school and she is doing this kind of runway project and it seems like she's kind of the star student thanks in large part to sandy helping her find kind of that confidence so the final scene though is Mm. eloise looking in the mirror and seeing sandy's reflection but not like her mother's where her mother is a separate entity like if you were looking in a mirror but as if she is sandy and then she goes to the mirror and they both tap the mirror at the same time eloise on one side and sandy on the other so help me make sense of this mark (laughs) uh is are eloise and sandy the same Person now, or is, is Sandy somehow psychically uh, with Eloise? Uh, right? uh, what What does that mean? That's what I want to know. What does the ending mean? Yeah,
0: I I can't. I, I It's a very good question because I don't really have. I know. Much of an answer. <laughs> to to ah. me, to to me, there there. It's kind of wrapped up in a number of things. Is one one was a message of we never fully escape our past. Uh, and and so even though she's been successful, that we still have these moments where we see that the past is still impacting her, but in in a lot of ways, that little tap to me felt like we don't always escape our past, but sometimes we learn to make peace with our past, um, as to whether the same person, or I don't know, I'm with you. Maybe it's the psychic energy. She was there as Sandy was about to die. And so if she absorbed some of that energy, I, I don't know.
1: It, it sounds. I uh, thank you, Mark, for saying you don't know. I appreciate that. Uh, I think the. Uh, I I think what you know, what we're really discovering is that the ending just didn't make any sense. I I, I don't think it was. It wasn't thought through real carefully. Yeah. It just is. Yeah, was, uh, yeah. I th- oh, I think
0: you know. At the beginning, when we were talking about it and I talked about how I thought the the incredible the filming was and the editing and directing, you'll notice that I didn't say anything about the writing. (laughs) because
1: I I did notice that.
0: (laughs) I kind of, I kind of on the same page with you. There's, there's a lot of, you've got to work a little too hard to fill in the gaps and and the holes in the story and what's really going on. One of the things that's going on that I wanted to ask you about uh, was, so, are there any guys that don't come off at least part of the time as fully creepy?
1: Um. Well, her uh, so two that I can think of that aren't. Yeah, that I, I think I might know story. who they are, and I would
0: disagree that in
1: the storytelling. Wait, telling, we'll wait, know, wait, let me what, give my answer first. Let's see. Yeah, okay, let's see. All right. Okay. All right. So one is the guy who works in the bar with her. Um, who warns her about uh, Hansy, who we find out is right. the cop. He he seems to be kind of supportive of, of Eloise, uh, more so a than the one. female bar bartender. And um, and I I was going to say her friend, but uh, who she she starts a romantic relationship with. But at the beginning, he is a little seedy. He is a little creepy because he's standing out there in what we assume is an all-female dorm or at least I did uh assume right. was an all-female dorm but then maybe isn't uh and he he seems less creepy as it goes along so I, I don't know what do you think Mark well
0: I, I I do kind of think that guy's uh his name is John I I do kind of think that I didn't read him as creepy as just kind of like Maybe socially out of touch, like not recognizing yep. that where what he's standing there is kind of weird in in, in the particular. Because yeah. everything else we see from him, he really comes off as a not just a good guy, like this incredibly, like literally, she sneaks him into her bedroom, uh, you know, her rented room, where there, the strict rule of no men in the house, which is kind of funny because there's the men, uh, there are a lot of men in the house. It's mm-hmm. dead, and right. uh, yep. and and old Sandy comes up and practically beats him to the, this just barely to death, almost to death. And then the next day he shows up at the library to help, to help Elwin that, that's research. That's I was true. like, that is a really seriously good dude right there. Uh, yeah. I just wondered if, uh, is, is there's, is the writing so bad and so cliche that he's supposed to represent the one in a million guy. That's actually a decent person.
1: Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh maybe i don't know uh, what I, do you think I, 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 do you think <laughs> is- <laughs> uh, maybe the uh, one in a million guy she has found that's that's good in this world of misogyny and right uh, that uh, john john's the guy uh yeah maybe uh maybe well it's, i, I it's that for bad. me
0: it's, it's almost uh they were very heavy-handed that almost every guy was a really horrible person um, in some way creepy and odd and 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 i I love that we did have John that there is this yeah. little bit of hope in there that, that yeah. there are folks who are good people who have good intentions and and really care about you know everyone in the world and doesn't yeah. try to use them or abuse them or, or that kind of thing i I found that a little hopeful Now, who would you
1: think yeah. I was going to say?
0: I thought that you were going to say uh, the old man, the silver-haired gentleman, because
1: yeah.
0: he ultimately, they, they while they say he's handsy, we don't ever see him at, do that and that kind right. of thing. But they did. He ultimately should be seen as a good guy. But they, even him, they set up as this creepy guy. You know, he was the cop yep. that was was in the '60s trying to make sure that the women were were okay as best as he could, uh, and yep. and he continues even after he's retired. To, to live in the area and try to be aware of particularly the younger women and so that he knows if they're okay. But even he, in the way that the writers set yep. this up is made out to be this creepy old man.
1: Yes. Yeah. I, they really do pound that hard. They want you to think that that's Jack and that oh, there's yeah. a real threat for her, for her life with, yeah. with this guy. Yeah. And, and he is, he is, a, I mean, he's a vice cop. And so he, yeah, acts like a, a vice cop and yeah. he's he's not uh, he's set up as kind of shady too i, really I agree is. with you on it he's, yeah. it doesn't seem like a wonderful example well, <laughs> to right, defeat exactly. male misogyny well, so, well well there you there you go <laughs> there you go uh, you know what uh this this has been a lot of fun mark um yep and we, we're we i think are going to leave next week as a surprise for what we're going to talk about. Uh, That way, uh, you all can can be just as surprised as as we are. Maybe we'll let you know ahead of time. But uh, uh, we'll think about it. For now. Yeah, we'll think about (laughs) it. We'll think about it. But for now, it's been fun. Thanks, Mark. Uh, It's good to talk uh, about last night in Soho with you. And uh, thanks for joining us early, those of you who did. And cheers to you, Mark. Cheers, sir. Everyone else out there. See you next time on The Moonshine Jesus Show.